All right, so welcome back to my block. Literally, my block. <laughs> this is No Contingencies, our podcast where we kind of take the gloves off and just talk about everything in the world of real estate and Miami. So I want to welcome you guys to my home office. Little Wayne's World vibe going on here. I love it. Right? It's so time. good. Yeah. Yeah, well, Good so, change of pace from our last little scene. You know, we're having office, office issues at Compass. <laughs> we are sharing offices now, so we're a little too tight. So we brought it over here, and we'll see if we can create the same magic sure. that we're used to. So I guess the first things first is we'll just talk about the real estate market, all right? Well, first off, the Miami Heat. Am I right? Yo, fuck what? yeah. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, bro. This guy is insane. He's on a different world. I mean, you and I were on a text that included Amy. She was sleeping. <laughs> what else is new? Yeah. I, was, I was very vocal about me saying that Jimmy Butler is the number one playoff performer in Heat history. I, I can't just, I can't do that. Dwayne Wade is like the hero. I, I understand that. But Jimmy Butler in less amount of games is making a statement. Agreed. All right. Let's I agree with that. And I wasn't a Jimmy Butler fan when they got him. And I'm like, when they so. signed him, I get it. I wasn't either. I didn't know enough about him, to be honest. I never paid attention to his game. It's like he was always like the defensive guy. He wasn't scoring points. And now, bro, 56 the other night. What did he have last night at the end of the day? 42. 42. I told Jar, he just woke up. Yeah. He Dude. just woke up. Playoff Jimmy's real. Yeah, he woke up. Playoff Jimmy's real. And I'm pretty excited about Nick's heat. Brings me back to my, like, my childhood memories. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today. I was at the Allen Houston game where it bounced like three times I on the rim. I was there too. I was there, dude. I was not. That was like <laughs> one of my first rem- memories of you. You weren't there? It's my yeah. first heartbreak. Yeah. I, that was one of my first heartbreaks in sports. That and a Pete Stojanovich missed field goal that <laughs> moved the Chargers. And then the Chargers ended up going to the Super Bowl that year in Miami. Laces were in, I heard. Yeah, laces were in. Okay, <laughs> let's talk some real estate. Yes. All right, so you guys tell me about where you're seeing the market. All the news is sales volume is down. Yep. We're seeing a lot less sales. Right. But like by a lot, like 40%. I think it's 40% over a year over year. Yep. Prices still going up. Yeah. Okay, so people read the headlines, price, uh, sales are down, and they don't realize that at the same time, prices are going up. So what kind of, I mean, what are you running into with your people who are sitting there waiting to like not pull the trigger. I think the people that are waiting are making a mistake, to be honest. I think it's still a good time to buy. If you have the means and you find a, a, a property that you like mm-hmm. and that, that's not complete, you know what, right now because we, we we're seeing a little growth in inventory, mm-hmm. but at the, at the same time, it's overpriced and it's quite frankly dog shit. It's dog shit. It's a lot of dog shit, but if there's just, you know, I think our, at least from what I'm hearing, and you let me know if you agree, but what I'm hearing is there's just too many unknowns for people right now, and I think that's really been making it difficult for all of us. I mean, realtors, buyers, sellers, there's so many unknowns. Um, And for me, I mean, I think what you said is absolutely accurate. If you can find the property, you should make a move on it because we that just takes the guesswork out for now, right? We know what interest rates are gonna be. We know that there's a pretty limited inventory. So if you do find something, you gotta make a move. The other pieces like we've been talking about, you know, like the insurance problems, the refinancing, all those pieces, that can change on the back end. But like if you find the house, Pull the trigger. Buy the house. Well, the way Refkin had said it on CNBC that buyers are coming to terms with 6% financing. Right. I think that's legitimately true. Yeah, we We're not that. even hearing that conversation that much anymore. No. That's not what's coming up. What's coming up is, oh my God, a, a, you know, a million five, two million for that. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I'm seeing the problem. It's just the, the prices and what's available. The market has moved to the prices being what they are. Yeah. But the inventory that's available at the current it's prices. It's really limited. It's, we joke all the time, the one and two million dollar houses from ni- you know 2019 of my buyers that were looking for that one to two range are now all like, we have to go to four. 
That's it's our, like, it's, it's like, that's like the, the, the market of where like yeah. something that you expect to be really nice, something that you can move into, you don't have to put a lot of work is paying 4 million minimum right now. Um, and, and that again, it just shows the, the crazy value that has blown up. So we were talking about inventories up and, but the sale, overall sales are down 40%. But what are, what's happening with values? They've already grown almost 6%, I think this year. Continue alone. to increase. Yeah. I mean, because the, the people who have not bought in the last year, two years, three years have missed out on historic, the most historic time to be a homeowner in Miami. Yeah. Ever. Ever. So you, 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 you lose every time that you sit there with fear of yep. not investing in real estate. Yep. So all the people who are worried about, you know, what's happening in the stock market or their investments, they usually turn away from that and pump it right into real estate. Right. Sure. But it's the most solid investment. We know that. I mean, we're, we're like broken records. Yeah, with yeah, our yeah of course. But I mean, I just, for me, it's, it's incredible to see very smart people like doctors and lawyers who are clients of ours who they just can't bring themselves to do it. Yep. And it's going to get better. They're, they're, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Do. They're as intelligent as you can imagine. And you're just not seeing the numbers. Like, I mean, we study this all the time, but there's always someone who thinks they know more than we do. Of course. I also think that the national narrative, it, like the housing market is crashing. But it's kind of crashing everywhere else. No, it's just right. Miami. But it's not even that it's crashing. It's just like their bubble, bubble burst. Right. You know, their right, bubble right, right. burst. And it's they're not going like back they're, to a more normal time. They're going back time. to a normal time. Yeah. But Miami is literally like the only neighborhood, not neighborhood city and district that is actually seeing the, this exponential growth still um, after what happened in COVID. And we know what happened. I mean, we doubled in prices basically, you know? I mean, what people are just coming to realize is what we've always known, which is the value of Miami, which other people from other cities are now coming in droves to have, yeah. is obviously we're close to everything. We have amazing weather. You can drive, like literally drive to the airport in 20 minutes from almost anywhere. Even you can have a global company here for a lot less money. Yeah. You can also pay tiny taxes. Right. So like, I mean, not to be, I mean, for everybody that lives here, I'm so happy for the people that bought their homes already. And for those that continue to hem and haw, they'll always continue to hem and haw. It's true, of course. You know, like, we can't change their minds. All we can do is give the information. But what I really, really strongly feel is that the people who we convinced to buy at a time when, which was really uncertain, like in 2020, those people are sitting real pretty. Oh, yeah. You, oh, you yeah. know, so like, sometimes you just got to listen to your realtor. Yeah. <laughs> we might know what we're talking about every once in a Sometimes. while. Sometimes. Well, well, we'll leave it at that. And then I'll just keep it going. So um, Variety wrote an article, a very nice article, mm -hmm. about Coconut Grove neighborhood has become the number one real estate hotspot. But I think we kind of saw it all happening because it's our backyard. Yep. I feel like Miami Beach and Coconut Grove were ground zero for pandemic appreciation. True. Oh, definitely. 100%. True. You yeah. know? And then for the mo most part in the Grove, it's just that there's just not enough homes. Yeah. Well, the thing with the Grove is I think it's one of the most walkable cities of Miami, right? And I think that's what drew, sure. especially the New Yorkers and the people from Chicago, mm -hmm. and even you call it the people in California who are all outdoorsy. Coconut Grove is like the perfect mix of everything. You know, it, it has a bustling city center like Coco Walk, yep. has had a renaissance completely. We're seeing Michelin star restaurants all over the place kind of pop up. And you're seeing, you know, big companies move into the buildings at the related building and everything. Yep. So we're seeing such an amazing... Uh, focus on this place and it shows that what Coconut Grove has to offer this cute little quaint little town is actually like amazing for families it's amazing for young couples like it's perfect for a sure. lot of people and it checks a lot of boxes it checks a lot of boxes on so many different ways first off you talked about walkability yeah so the gated communities all the way even here in Sunrise Harbor all yeah. the way to the cloisters sure to be behind the gate yeah you know walkable into town yep I mean 
Cable Estates doesn't give you that. Oh, no. You know, Coco Plum barely gives you that, but these other neighborhoods. Coco Plum, you're right on the verge. You know, you're yeah, right Yeah, you're right on the verge. You know. Yeah. You can't walk anywhere from Coco Plum. Yeah. You're not I know, but, you, but you're on the, at least you're on the, the, the trail. <laughs> it's pretty, though. You're on the Comoroder Trail. It's right there. You just get on and you go. It's not as close, obviously, as like right. the moorings. Like, I think the moorings is the perfect gated community for a lot of these people that we're seeing move here. Sure. It's in the great location. Uh, you can get to South Miami in two minutes, you're in Coconut Grove in two minutes, and you're at Lejeune, so you can just, you know, you shoot over across and you're at the airport in 20 minutes. Yeah. So I think that's also the, the centrality of Coconut Grove. Like, oh, you want to be on Miami Beach in 20 minutes? Cool. You want to go to the Key Biscayne? Cool. You know, you want to go to South Miami, you want to go to Pinecrest? Cool. You're right there. You're right there. And one of the things that Riley mentioned in his talk, and we'll talk a little bit more about his real estate talk, was also condo sales. Oh my gosh. I know. The value of condos in Coconut wow. Grove, because a lot of these people, these northerners, they're used to raising their kids in That's condos. Right. So all they're moving to is a newer, bigger condo with a water view. Of yeah. course. You Much know? better view. Right. Exactly. So. But that's the cool thing about it, though. Like, oh, you're living in a brownstone in New York in Tribeca, and you're paying, you know, $1,700 a square foot. And you come here, and you're like, oh, I can have a 4,000-square-foot apartment, yeah. and I can pay 1100 1200 a square foot. Sure. No brainer. And your quality of life just became year-round. Right. Right? And then I think what a lot of people neglect to mention, which I think is really important, especially in this, this sort of surge of Coconut Grove sales, is that our schools, public and private, are yes. so good. And I think that's been a huge draw for these families that are coming from you know, the Northeast and from Chicago and all these places, is that you can continue to have your business lifestyle here and your fun lifestyle here, and also your kids, whether or not you want to send them to public or private school, have options. And I think that's been a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So getting into that, Riley's real estate talk, first off, Holy crap. I, mean, I couldn't even get a seat in it. You, you, you know, you, like you would think he was giving away houses. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I mean, that was the first real estate talk that I couldn't make it into the room. So yeah. I haven't really even heard the talk. I talked to him a little bit and I was going over the numbers. Sure. And I don't know what you guys picked up from it because I know it was a crazy night for all of us. I was there, us. but I wasn't. No one so. got a seat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Riley forever, <laughs> these real estate talks would talk about how the million dollar market, under a million, is oh, diminishing. Yeah. And you saw it in West Grove. It was like this property values, crazy. You've never seen growth in any kind, in any neighborhood like you saw yep. in West Grove in the townhouse market. But now in general with Coconut Grove, there's nothing under one million dollars. Yeah, it's wild. There's nothing. And then from so that market that was under one million, they're not even in the middle of one to two million. They're in the two to three million. Like you were yeah, talking about saying, upgrading your clients. It's not yeah. about upgrading. It's that there's no choice. You can't find no, it. That's, that's your starter house now. Yeah. But what's so interesting about that is that your buying power probably got sliced in half. Yeah. That's what's so crazy to me. Right. You know, exactly. like if you waited, like you, all of a sudden the house you were going to buy before is now a $4 million house. Right. And the interest rates went up. Well, imagine if you had it, buy, buying it at 2% is so much easier than buying it at 6%, even if with the prices going up. Yeah. But most of the people, I mean, in our world, are probably paying cash for these yeah. properties. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it just goes to show you when the right one comes on the market, you got to go. pounce. You got to pounce. You got to pounce on it. And then another thing that I thought was interesting was <laughs> the price per square foot yeah. for land. The price per square foot for, for land, I mean, it's, I mean, it's gone up like almost two, uh, 150%. What is it, what is it actually? To, this quarter, which it probably wasn't many sales, was 252. Jesus. 252. In 2022, last year, was 186. That's, Dude, that's wild. That's crazy. That's insane to but, me. But the, the, it, that's strict supply and demand. Yeah. Like, that's it. Oh, there's yeah. no... We have nothing. There's no land. Yeah. We have nothing left. There's no land. So that was another uh, thing to me. And then, you know, the townhouse market continues to just go up every single year. We were talking about that on the way here. I mean, it's car. just like, what you can get, like, we're talking about listing something, it's like a 3-2, and you can get one eight for it in two seconds. It's just there isn't anything. Well, really. first off, you, both of you, reset the townhouse market, first off. 
Okay, so cheetah, cheetah. thanks to you guys, <laughs> that's happened. But yeah, no, I mean, we're at 667 a foot this quarter for a townhouse. That's still value. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the, the, the yeah, crazy yeah. part about that's it. That's upside. still value. I know. That's upside. Your entry yeah. point into Coconut Grove, if you're not going to get a condo, it's going to be a townhouse. And you're gonna pay almost seven hundred dollars a foot. Seven hundred a foot. Or you could just live in a townhouse forever. Yeah. And then going right. back to the to the condo sales. So uh, your average price per square foot is almost eleven hundred. Yeah. And your sale price to list ratio is ninety five percent, and you're on the market seventy five days. Yeah. That's healthy. Yeah. That is. That's real healthy. That's, that's real nice. That's, that's <laughs> healthy. So I mean, yeah. th those were my biggest takeaways from Riley's real estate talk. Um, he's gonna do more of those. I think we're just gonna continue to see the growth in Coconut Grove. You know, it just goes back to supply and demand, just not enough houses. But that's what I was going to say. We're, we're, we're going to see the volume of transactions drop drastically. Like, we have to. There's, once these buildings are built and they're all sold out, like, where are you going to go? There's it's, not going to be enough turnover, right? There's, it's, you're going to start seeing these old Spanish villa townhouses get torn down and new white boxes being built. Let's not get all doomsday here. We'll I'm just not, have but to I'm not saying I just, I'm I just think realistic. we're seeing, a sta uh, we're stabilizing. I think the market's yeah. gonna just stay, at some point, new, new inventory's gonna come online, at least with the condos. Yeah. We know that. I think that's gonna find a, a more of a, of a balance. Single family homes might take a while because yeah. we still have workforce that is due to come. Yep. Ken Griffin still hasn't built his building yep. where he's bringing his entire workforce It's a to thousand Miami. people. They're all gonna have to move to Miami. I heard it was like four thousand. Yeah, it might be, but it's, I mean, it's gonna be Miami Gardens, Hialeah. Yeah, <laughs> Doral. <laughs> Doral. That's all that's left. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta go west or north. Yep. All right. So before we get into all the other things, um, I sent you guys this article. I thought it was awesome, and it was the biggest misconception about luxury markets. And in it, Leonard Steinberg from Compass in New York, he wrote that unlike real estate. Those who make luxury goods view all price points within their stable as luxury. They are luxury brands, yep. period. So you're a luxury brand. So even luxury brands sell homes that would not be, I mean, they sell products that might not be perceived as luxury. Right. They're in a certain price point, but it's still a luxurious brand. It's sure. how, you, how you showcase what you're about, yeah. the quality of the product. Yeah. And I think that within this article, it speaks to a lot of people in our industry about you know, you never know if that renter one day is going to buy a $20 million home. That's right. And you treat all of your customers That's as part goal. of your, 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 your stable of luxury products. That's right. Whether they're buying a house under 500000 or they're buying a $20 million home. And I, mean, I know you, Amy, I, I know you guys are all about this, so that's why I just wanted to bring it up because it's like our manifesto. Yeah, it's like my love language. Yeah. I, what you're saying means so much to me, and that Leonard Steinberg putting that out in the universe just felt like he was talking to me or to you, yeah. I, or and to you, Koki. I mean, the way we look at real estate, and I, I, I think this is really, um, for me, it's a key point, is that, sure, do we sell luxury homes? We do. Yeah. But we have plenty of clients that are buying, you know, $275,000 condos. Yep. And it's, the truth is, is that we are giving them the best possible experience that we have yeah. available. It doesn't matter if you're buying a house in Fisher Island or yep. if you're buying a house like a one bedroom condo in Miami Beach, does not make the difference. You still get the same authenticity. I you agree. still get the same product. I mean, that's what we try to sell, right? We try to sell ourselves and we're very super authentic. You know, we're not trying to do- All of us. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. All of us in this room and a lot of the people on our team are well, the same I think, way. I think our team and moreover our, our brokerage. I think like this is Agreed. coming This is coming from a guy yeah. who is at the top of the luxury field in one of the top luxury markets. You yeah. know, so for him to communicate that, you know, it comes from the from top to the bottom. Yep. And I think pretty much everyone at Compass and for sure our team, we treat our customers that way. Like I had a listing for five hundred thousand dollars, and that sale means a, it means a lot to the people who are selling it as they move on to their next, you know, 
chapter in life and they should be treated the same way as a, a, a $5 million oh. seller. <laughs> What's up, Gary? <laughs> I completely agree. And I think that one of the things I took away from that article was that it doesn't matter what price point you're at, it's a luxury to own a house. That was something that like really like connected with me because it's like, it doesn't it. matter what it is, it's a luxury to be able to own a house. And so we have to make sure that everybody at every price point realizes like, hey, we're helping you get that luxury. The biggest purchase of your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amen, Not the price point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I'm glad we all agree on that. So moving along, um, so we had some crazy floods three weeks ago. Ugh. It was, what, three full days of nonstop rain. And now with hurricane season a month away, you know, the insurance companies, the flooding, I'm just wondering if there's conversations you're having with your people or, you know, or as homeowners, how do you feel? I live in a flood zone. In this neighborhood, only 50 homes in this neighborhood are not in flood zones. Yeah. So, you know, we're paying like almost $1,000 a month in flood insurance, mm -hmm. and that's if you can get it. I'm freaked out. Yeah. I'm totally freaked out. As a homeowner, you know how hard it is to get insurance? Like, if you, <laughs> especially in Miami, you live in a pre like 1970s home. Yeah. It's impossible. I'm literally, my insurance company is like, we're gonna drop you, but you have to have a new four point inspection. Your house is, was redone 20 years ago. So you gotta have a full four point inspection to make sure that everything is okay. And me knowing my house, I need a new roof and I have to fix some cast iron plumbing before they come. And I have basically until June or they're gonna drop my insurance. You wanna hear something scarier? Yeah. So I live in a 2022 construction, so a new house. And um, my insurance rate just went up 70% year over year. What? Year over year, 70%. Why? because there's no market for insurance. Like even for your home? That is what I'm telling That's you. This wild. is what scares me, is that my exterior insurance went up 70%. I mean, we're gonna shop that, but yeah, still. Of course. Yeah, but but still. still, like the policy that I have just went up 70%. So what does that mean for people like, you know, who live in older homes, yeah. who live in flood zones and don't have the proper windows? Like, are they gonna get insurance? No. No. But like, is it is it our job to call all our clients and say, hey, look, you know, when you bought the home, you hadn't had your windows done. Did you get them done? Have you fixed your roof? I mean, these are, yeah. I mean. I mean, how much do we babysit our clients after they buy their house? You know, that's the thing. It's like, as a homeowner, you, you, you take on a certain set of responsibilities that, I mean, certainly it would be a nice gesture to do something like that, but what is the line where you're holding your buyer's hand throughout their homeownership? If I told every single real estate agent that 50% of those calls that you make to check on people's homes ended up with a listing. Oh, saying, well, that's you know what, I got to new construction. Yeah, yeah. I want to sell my house that everyone would call yeah, yeah, every yeah. single one of their clients. Oh, yeah, I'd call in two seconds, are you getting? You know that's starting right now, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna become it's an insurance starting brother Starting right too. now. I don't know, man, it's it's a scary world, you know. But yeah, hurricane season's coming, it's anyway, rainy we're all, season. Anyway, we're all like, fucking scared. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think, and it's, I, I know it's affecting some of your buyers and sellers. That well, you, I've already I mean, lost deals to this, so, yes. So, the reason why that kind of comes up is because now, you know, Florida has a bill that's going to open the door to demolishing, you know, iconic, historic buildings that are in coastal flood zones. I have so such mixed, mixed emotions. Key, I have zero mixed emotions. I think, I think <laughs> yeah, I already know Cokie's I know Cokie's Yeah, it I is mean, bullshit. We're gonna lose Key West, we're gonna lose South Beach, we're yeah. gonna lose St. Augustine, we're gonna lose all of these historic towns yeah. because of the flooding and insurance, but this is all, you know, been going on for years. It's developer play. We talk about it, yeah. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Wow. It's, a, mean, it's, a, it's a real estate play. This is an old story, guys. Yeah. Like, this is just, you know, politicians in developer pockets and vice versa. This is not a new story. I mean, I get it. 
I get it. I know you're upset. Wait for her to I'm also upset because I love these old historic buildings as much as you do, arguably just as much. But I do have to say that some of that's gonna fall down eventually. It's gonna fall down. If we don't do something proactive, and I'm not suggesting that we tear it all down and put up a you know 90 story skyscraper, but if we don't do something to be preventative, then they're gonna come But back. that's the point. The DeVille gets demolished because no one kept it up. So if we don't have things in place, yeah. then they're gonna, they're gonna deem everything needs to be condemned because it's not safe structure, yeah. and we gotta get rid of it, and then- Who's gonna pay for it? I, I mean, I don't know, but I mean. <laughs> well, the developers are. The, at the developers end of, are. At the end of the day, they're, they're, but they're paying for the land, right? They're, they're, they don't but, give but a shit about But with this bill, the now all of a sudden, it doesn't even have to go through a preser preservation board. Yeah. They could just right. get right. rid of it. I so know. imagine now those awesome little postcards that you buy in the, in the airport of, of uh, iconic Ocean Drive. <laughs> Welcome to Miami Beach. Yeah. Those are all gone. Now it's going to be condos. Yeah, yeah. A related condo, a terror group condo, you know, a desert condo. Like, I hear you. I hate the, I hate the idea give of me, it. Give I, me a break. Yeah, it's bullshit. I mean, it's going to be like Dubai. Yeah, why, why would you do that? Taking it away. I don't know, man. I, I, I find it to be deplorable. I'm really, like, blown away by it. So, um... Speaking of developers... Which one? Oh, Ken Griffin. Oh, Just, so, Ken Griffin. So... I thought this was funny because he was just speaking to Miami <laughs> Dade College. Down. He did we their commencement speech. Yeah. And he um, donated $20 million. I know. Wasn't that amazing? I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so nice. Did you know that about a week <laughs> or two ago, he donated $300 million, million to Harvard? To Harvard. <laughs> and he got mad pushback. Uh, yeah. Mad pushback. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, I mean, is this it's like... gesture. Like, I mean, because from Harvard to Miami-Dade College, I yeah. mean, a little, PR, of, a little PR play. sticks the middle finger to all the people who said he had a problem. Because Harvard doesn't need the money. I know. He wanted his name on a building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, he just did the same thing with a private school down here. You know, he's trying to buy seats in the, at a place, right? <laughs> These you are know? major rich people problems, which, he, yeah. you know... He did donate some money to be able to build soccer fields in yeah, yeah. preparation for the World Cup. Now, here's something I did not know. Did you know that he's from South Florida? I had I no didn't, idea. I read that I in an article. I no did. idea. No, yeah, I, I didn't know, know that either. Yeah. It's from Boynton Beach. Yeah. He's Daytona only 51 Beach. Daytona, or something. Daytona. Daytona Beach. Yeah. He's so young. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So rich. So rich. Good at his <laughs> job. At 51. Like, that's like my contemporary -ish. He's good at his job. All right, so a couple more things and then we'll get 51. out of here. So, um, <laughs> Formula One is coming next weekend to Miami. Who's going? I'm going. You're going to go? Yeah, man, I'm going. I'm going as long as we can get tickets. Yeah, I got invited, so I'm gonna go. I'm going oh. on Saturday, so I'm going for qualifying. Are you gonna be in the paddock? Yeah, we're gonna like hang out. We're gonna do the real thing. But you're gonna, gonna be like, be, I, I, I my, don't know. Where is my invitation? Well, I got invited from. I just had my 20 year high school reunion, and one of the guys asked me. He's like, Hey, when you want to go on Saturday? I was like, Yeah. He's like, <laughs> He's like, I got amazing tickets. I was like, Yeah. But listen, I had so much fun last year. The only problem, the biggest problems, one, it's hotter than Mother Bleeper up there, and okay. you're in the middle of you're, the concrete jungle. Of the of the stadium, and then two, if you're ride sharing, good luck. We walked last year, you and I, yeah. like a mile and a half. Yeah, oh. at least in the heat. Yes, oh. terrible. It was no. horrible. I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm happy just to be here. Here, yeah. I, I would go if I got choppered in. Yeah, and I was legitimately like in a suite because yeah. the best way to watch Formula One's on television. Yeah. Well, if that works for you, then I'm happy to accompany. Yes. You. Okay. My Saturday's ridiculous, by the way. F1, Derby, heat game. Yep. Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, what I love is that Carbone is returning their Carbone Beach. That I'm, yeah, down, I for. Like I'm that. down for Dude, that. Yeah. It's like $3,000 a person. And it's like every celebrity known to man. I mean, 
what formula so there I heard a podcast last year a guy who was talking about his experience at Formula 1 and he wanted to give everyone an idea of how much money was there yeah the people the quality the mm. money and yeah, just yeah. the opulence and he said all of a sudden you saw LeBron James and Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and Tom Brady yeah. and all the people from Formula 1 started saying oh no the poor people just got here. Oh my like, gosh. that's how much money is there. I think we <laughs> talked about this last year, and it's just like wild to think about it. Think about how expensive these cars are, yeah. and think about the money that's yeah. just poured into the sport. So, it, that type of sport, like, you can't even compare it to anything else. You know, you can't say golf is the same, you know, it's a rich person sport. No, F1 is a fucking rich person sport. Dude, it's crazy. And now they're going to have their first race in Las Vegas this year towards the end of the year. I know, on the Strip. On the Strip. What? I think it's yeah. going to be like a nighttime race yeah, on the Strip. Yeah, it's supposed to be cool. They, like, there's like million dollar packages with the hotels where they fly you in in a yeah. private plane. Yeah, and yeah. Sid Formula One. Sure. And, you know, be next to Toto Wolf in the paddock. It's incredible. Yeah. Not my area of expertise, but I'm very interested. Like, I think I'm really going to pay attention this year to F1. It's so much fun. You just got to watch Drive to Survive. I'm telling you, it's a reality show with context and substance. Okay. I'm telling you. I'm hearing a lot of this from people, like women and men alike, so I'll it. have to watch it. You have to watch it. Bottom I'll line, give it period. a chance. I'll give it a chance. And all these drivers are, are like crazy characters. You know, they all have like a backstory. Or like, Don't oh my you have goodness. to be? They're like, oh, I grew up in Monaco on a boat. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> well, and the next thing I know. they all in Monaco yeah, because yeah. of the taxes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, only because of the taxes, because the real estate there is super expensive. Also, yeah. Monaco, I'm sure, sucks. Yeah. Um, so, I heard it's hot in the summer. <laughs> I've never been. I've always wanted to go. Yeah, I haven't either. I want to go. I've always wanted to go. All right, next trip. Okay. So Miami, according to, I think it was Bon Appetit magazine, is the number one food city in the country. I love it. And dude, we all love food in this fucking room. Uh, Hello. I mean, (laughs) hello. (laughs) It's, I I don't know what to say. It's incredible because there really is just so many options. There's just, I mean, I wish there was a couple, for me, all the bomb, bomb places are like in the design district and the beach, and yeah. I wish they were more towards the Grove. Yeah. Not that I'm not happy with what's in the Grove, I but think I think we're getting more than we had before. I mean, it was just, it was terrible before, for sure. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. It was like... It's much better Buffalo now. Buffalo Wild Wings. You know what it is? I mean, you're, no you're getting all these <laughs> restaurateurs from New York come here because all their clients moved here. So now, like, half of New York lives here, so they all brought their ideas and all their money down here to open up restaurants, and that's what we're seeing. I'm proud of Miami's palate. I think we've really come a long way, and I think we're taking baby steps yeah. like every single day because you're right. All of our people from New York and from California are all here now, so we have to, you know, we gotta we gotta keep up. You know what I want to see more? Culinarily. Yeah, up. I agree, and I think we're about to. I want to see more a little bit like of like the cool, fast, casual stuff. You know, like I listen. I don't. Oh no! Oh, you're speaking my language. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, because listen, I I love going to like Boya Day, and I love going to all these fancy restaurants. But one, I gotta make a reservation a month in advance, or I either eat at five thirty or I eat at nine thirty. Which is fine by me. I know it's fine by you, but five thirty dinner. Kids. I'm a five thirty dinner. I know, and I get it. But when you go to, and you want to have a nice date night, you don't want to go at five thirty. You want to go at like seven thirty. Well, we all know you're asleep by eight, like eight o'clock. <laughs> I'll go to dinner at six o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Day of the week, Listen, be in bed by. We're nine. all early birds here. But my point is, is that I wish there was like. Well, fast casual makes it less expensive. Yeah, it's not- getting. I mean, you leave the house to go to dinner. It's. You probably don't pay. Your husband pays for you. I mean, yeah, I don't pay. Yeah. Mally never I pays mean, not for to be old school, yeah. but... Mally picked up the bill yesterday. We went to a restaurant. I don't know what that feels like. We didn't have any drinks. <laughs> we had we had Diet Cokes. And the, the bill was like 160 And I'm like, oh, that's really good. So yeah. And she was freaking out. I'm like, clearly, you've never paid for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what I pay on a normal basis. Dude, that's like one person at Hillstone. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we know. <laughs> All right. So right, Tuesday at twelve. That's right. Let's go drop my, bucks. my restaurant review is going to be Eating House. I know it's not that new, but I had to bring it up because they were doing the seven ta- the seven dish tasting menu. That's like a, a homage to a bunch of Miami restaurants. So they had La Camaronera. They had Sir Pizza. They had Arbetters. They had Abracci. And they had Sh- Shriver's, Joe's, and Nasbury Farms. It was incredible. It was awesome, man. I'm so jealous. But when you sent this to me like a month ago, I was like, oh, we gotta go. I remember. So when I saw it on your Instagram, I was like, fuck this guy, bro. So it's funny, because I was telling Natalie about it, and she's like, uh, my girlfriend Natalie, she's like, why do you want to do that? We can do that at home. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's like, we could just do that at home. And we're just back and forth, back and forth. What do you mean yeah. you can do, that do it at home? Like, we can like, what are you going to get takeout from all the places? I'm like, you think that Giorgio <laughs> yeah. is having everyone at eating house <laughs> so they can order the food? And she's like, oh, yeah. shit. She's yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God. So she secretly made a reservation. I love you, Dr. Sanchez. She made, her, she made a reservation <laughs> like, by surprise. She surprised me. We Aww, went there. We had so dinner. Nice. That's so cool. And it was awesome. And I just love the effort. Yeah. You know, like the homage. The, it's a cool idea. The, the, you know, it was creative. It was awesome. What was your favorite one? My favorite one was the the Shivers um, short rib. Oh. Awesome. That yeah. hot dog looked pretty special. The hot dog was good. Yeah. What was the Joe's? I couldn't tell what the Joe's was on the Instagram. Lime pie. Oh. Mm. Okay. Wow. Right. That was my, my, my least favorite thing. Yeah. But anyways, I just like the creativeness. I like the effort. I mean, I I like Luca better because I just like Italian food better. Yeah. But at Eating House, what I like is that they always change it up. You can yeah. like get yep. something new. Yep. That was one of my they favorite things about creative. the original one is they get creative. You know, and that's something mm-hmm. that was. They were probably the like a trendsetter basically for Miami in that aspect of always kind of like changing the, the menu yeah. and making sure that they had cool shit. You know, they have the 420 stuff that it was always popular. It's still like the most popular. It's the most popular day yeah. of the year for them for sure. So Eating House will always have a special place. I, I still haven't been to the new spot, which oh. I'm oh, feel pretty bad go. about, it, but I'm gonna go. They have that tasting menu until May 8th, so you still have a week. Oh. All right. But it's Tuesday to That's, Thursday. I mean, it's like. Two I'm, or three I'm okay with that, it's though. Not gonna happen. I can do it. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna have to do it. So, what is your new restaurant that you want to talk about before we close it out? Uh, I'll just say that I went to a an interesting experience at a private restaurant. I don't know if you guys know what I mean by that, but there are these um, like ZZ's, like a dinner club. It's like a dinner club, but you so you have to be a member and you pay like X amount of money to be a member, and then somebody, whoever the member is, basically entertains a group of 16 people and this it's kind of like it's a little bit like sushi by scratch but totally private so i got invited to do this and i brought some clients with me and it was one of the more spectacular experiences so the name of the restaurant is called haiku it's in winwood um and i i don't know what their membership fees are but i can tell you that we had a nine course tasting menu and it was paired with uh different uh, wonderful wines, different sakes, different, I mean, it was so, so special. Um, and everyone in that room for, no one, we didn't know. How many people th- in the room? 16. So it's only your party in that room? Yeah. Wow, crazy. Yeah. So it, it was incredible because everyone is sitting in like a square. And so the camaraderie and the conversation. You had 16 people to invite to a dinner? No, I only invited three people. So who are the other 13? They were invited by other, by the member. I was invited by the member and I was allowed to bring guests. Oh. So I brought three guests and then the other people were guests of So it could have been less than 16. I mean, it's Depending yours to rent. You pay the same no matter how many people eat there. But it was so it was so beautifully curated and the warmth and the 
the service, and it was just, it, the, it was so conducive to the most wonderful night of conversation. As a matter of fact, my client actually reached out to me today and she said, I just want to thank you again. That was probably one of the more memorable dinners of my life. That sounds wow. cool. And I was like, That's well, very cool. maybe we should get a membership to this place. Although I don't think I could eat there again because I'm so full. So I'm still full from <laughs> You're it. You're still full from it. Yeah. Now, do you, get, do you pay? No. That's the member, lovely. The member pays. Yeah. So it was, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was all in. It was pretty, pretty darn great. 16 people. That's a lot. That's a big bill. That's a lot. But I like that they're in a square. Because that's the thing I don't like about Scratch. Because if you're with a, with a group, you're like going up and down the line trying to talk to the people. You know, if you have just that one side, yeah. like when we went, and you're like struggling to talk to the people. And the, and the chef, so they do hot. So the chef's in the middle? The chef's on, on like, so if you're, we're in the square. Yeah. The chef is like where everyone can see. He's like just in, in front of the square. So everyone can see. And then it's, it's more like a U. So there's a runway, oh, there's like sure. a runway down the middle. So you're getting every, like you have access to everyone and everything. That's cool. That is cool. That's very I cool. I like that seating. Yeah. yeah. Well, just try it. Try it out. I'm staying on the fast casual train. Um, I really enjoyed a Thai place that I found that we've, I've never been to. It's called Malacor. And it's on Miracle Mile of all places I know. Um, <laughs> but the only Thai place I've ever known on Miracle Mile is Lotus Garden. No, this is, I'm telling you, this takes over Lotus Garden, no problem. This is like my favorite Thai place right now. No, it's the only place that we get takeout Red from Koi. for Thai. Red Koi used it, to be there. So oh, good. It's like school. sushi also. Old school, yeah. You know how we found it? Core Gable's mom's chat that my wife is on. <laughs> where all the information. And that's where all the information of Miami comes through. <laughs> they were like, oh, have you tried this place, Malcor? And we're like, all right, let's go try it. You know, we saw it. Dude, fire. Amazing takeout. The curry, incredible. The basil fried rice, awesome. Uh, one of the, I forget exactly what it was, a duck dumpling was incredible. Mm. Like it, like, you know what it was? It, for one of those like little uh, hole in the wall type of Thai places, the ingredients were so fresh. That's great. And that's when you know something's good. And I'm telling you, we've been like, we probably went there a month ago for the first time. We've gone three times since. <laughs> so Malacor on Miracle Mile. Wow. Takeout. It's your spot. Super easy. It's parking always is on the side. You can have like a little spot. You don't even have to go into Miracle Mile. It's great. It's your taste of Athens. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that's the worst. Thanks, Coral Gables <laughs> Mom's Chat. Yeah, exactly. Well done, Coral yeah, yeah. Gables Mom's oh, yeah. Chat. All right, well, with that, we'll wrap it up unless you guys got anything else. I got nothing. Okay, well, yeah. um, I'll see you guys at the Kentucky Derby party. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. On uh, May 6th, followed by uh, a Little Heat. A Little Heat action. mix. All right. Can't wait. Let's go Heat. All right, well, thank you for passing by my block. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Bye. Bye.